Welcome into the Sun Devil Source Report podcast. I'm your host, Rob Warner, and today I'm joined by site publisher Chris Cartman. Chris, how are you today? I'm doing great, Rob. Kind of a long day waiting around. Wasn't sure exactly uh, when this would happen. There was no, uh, you know, no word on it ahead of time, but uh, uh, just doing our jobs. Well, we were waiting around all day, and Josh Christopher, the five-star shooting guard prospect, did commit to Arizona State. He did it at 8.24 p.m., seemingly for Kobe Bryant. That was just announced, uh, and Chris, uh, he's the highest-ranked commit in the Internet era at number 10 for ASU. Harden was the next at number 14. What are some of your initial thoughts on what this commitment does for ASU? It's uh, huge. Uh, let's just look at the historically for – uh, just the individual recruitment, uh, James Harden, pr- the prior top ranked, uh, uh, signee in ASU history, uh, number 14 overall, of course he was underrated, uh, when you look back on it, but, uh, Josh Christopher is 10th on the composite seventh, uh, by 24 seven sports evaluators, uh, primarily Evan Daniels, Josh Gershon, uh, Brian Snow, um, he's either the number two or number three shooting guard prospect in the class. He is, uh, a, the, 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 the first guy that ASU has landed a commitment from who is a certifiable one and done type of a prospect. I, I think it's very unlikely that Josh Christopher will spend more than one year, uh, at ASU. People will remember, of course, that James Harden spent two years at ASU. He was a little bit earlier in his development, I think as a prospect, which led to him being underrated a little bit, uh, Harden really matured and and uh, had a, a a bigger than usual type of development from about age 19 until he was maybe 21, 22 years old. Uh, Josh Christopher is a very potent scoring guard. He's mm-hmm. he's uh, ball dominant. Uh, he's built very stocky, physical, like a James Harden. Uh, he's similar in a lot of respects in terms of just, uh, the potency that he has with the ball in his hands. Very, very physical. He moves guys out of the way. Uh, he has, he's a three level scorer, meaning that he can, he's very good at getting all the way to the rim and finishing. He's a guy who has the ability to pull up and score on you from mid range in a variety of ways. And he's a, uh, a pretty good three-point shooter. Um, not so much of a guy who's a, a uh, plays without the basketball and, and uh, does more of his damage off the catch. That really hasn't been something that he's done a lot of. And so that's, that's what we're going to have to kind of see moving mm-hmm. forward at ASU when you ha- have Alonzo Verge, who of course is also a pretty ball dominant and uh, and then we'll see what happens with with Remy Martin. I mean, if if by chance all three of those guys were around, uh, that would be uh, it would be tremendous in a lot of ways for ASU. But there would also be some challenges associated with that, uh, given th- how much the, all three of those guys like to have the ball in their hands as right. uh, as as pounders of the rock. And with Christopher committing now, ASU has its best two man class in internet history with. Uh, Marcus Bagley, the number 35 ranked uh, player in the nation. What do you think this pairing does uh, for the profile of ASU? Well, it's, I think that's a great way to phrase that question. Uh, ASU has never signed two top 35 kids in any class. Bobby Hurley uh, has now 
received commitments from 11 four-star or better prospects in uh, a five-class period, 2016 through 2020. That's easily more than anyone before him, an average of more than two per class. Uh, and and one of the things that I wrote about today, Rob, in mm-hmm. uh, an article about what Josh Christopher's pledge means for ASU basketball, uh, what we've seen historically is the immediately following the team's best year uh, under its previous coaches in the Pac-10, Pac-12, they weren't able to uh, capitalize on that and leverage it into more success. And so what happened, um, Ned Wolk had two great years, uh, like right at the beginning of the 1980s, followed by a bad season. And then, um, and then he was no longer with the program. Uh, you had, uh, Bill Frieder who had, uh, Sweet 16 team, 94, 95, a really impressive team to watch, a lot of talent. And immediately after that, they were hit by scandal. Frieder lost his job. They went into a really kind of bad stretch as a program. The following coach, Rob Evans, uh, with Ike Diagu, uh, they, got, uh, they, they beat Memphis with John Calipari coaching the team. And it looked like they may turn the corner, but they were never able to do so. And they had losing records in, in I think, two of, of Evans' last three seasons before he was fired. And then what we saw with, with Herb Sendek was uh, an inability to capitalize on James Harden. They had uh, three straight 20-win seasons, which was the first time that had happened since the early 1960s. But then they they... They expanded their reach in recruiting nationally, didn't get a lot of their top targets. Uh, they they kind of hit a, a bad spell. They had two back-to-back uh, losing seasons immediately thereafter. They had to regain their footing, but by then they lost a lot of their program momentum. So even though they, they then again had two 20-plus win seasons, they had lost the confidence of a lot of ASU fans at that point, especially given the, the brand of basketball. So right. what's happened, Rob, is – ASU's had a bunch of high-profile guys, but they haven't been able to maintain that momentum to level up to the next plateau. And Bobby Hurley, with this commitment of Josh Christopher and three consecutive 20-win seasons, ASU would have been in its third straight NCAA tournament, which hasn't happened since the 1960s, if not for the COVID situation. Mm -hmm. They're now uh, putting themselves in position almost regardless of whether – uh, Remy Martin and, and, and Romello White return to again be that type of a team, 20-win caliber type of a team, one of the better backcourts in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. Of course, to really maximize their potential, they probably need to get one or both of those uh, those aforementioned guys back. But the point is, is they're, he's Bobby Hurley, Rashawn Bruno, this staff, they're getting Josh Christopher after having three straight 20-win seasons. And Marcus Bagley. And both of those guys, in my opinion, are headed for the NBA. So what it does is each additional successful player that you have makes it easier to get the next uh, high caliber. And so there there haven't been a lot of teams that have been able to to move their way up, to play their way up and just kind of muscle forward to become a blue chip program because of a lot of intractable problems that that uh, are just the reality of college basketball. But Bobby Hurley has been so dogged 
in his in his determination on the recruiting trail uh, with some of these uh, decisions that he's made that he's been able to take Romello White, Kamani Lawrence, Tayshawn Cherry, Luke Ensdort, and et cetera, and Remy Martin, and 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 capitalize on that to, mm-hmm. to get up. And and of course, it's very smartly now, it uh, they took uh, Caleb Christopher, mm-hmm. uh, Josh Christopher's brother, in the previous recruiting class when he had no other scholarship offers uh, at the at the the higher end of the Division One level, and that in retrospect looks like a really smart move because right. teams aren't don't have the ability usually to u- utilize all thirteen of their scholarships anyways, or even even if they do, they have guys you know at the at the end of the bench. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, basically, the just putting an, a, a a finer point on this, ASU basketball is in a place that it has never ever been before. And, and other than what you just said about. Hurley going after Caleb, getting him on the roster. Uh, you know, Bagley spent a lot of time at ASU games, obviously watching his brother, but just seeing the program. Antonio Pierce, the co-defensive coordinator at, or co-defensive coordinator and recruiting coordinator for ASU football, actually was talking to him, sitting with him at a, at a basketball game this year. How do you think how much time he spent at ASU played a factor in this? I think it, it mattered a lot, not just for Josh Christopher, but also Marcus Bagley. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can remember... No exaggeration, uh, we used to see Marcus Bagley and Marvin Bagley, his brother who plays in the NBA, uh, regularly at ASU basketball games with their grandfather, ASU legend Joe Caldwell, going back uh, more than a decade. Okay, So I I can remember, because they sat right next to me uh, where I sit in the media section, um, I can remember Marcus Bagley as... Uh, a seven, eight, nine-year-old, like regularly at ASU games. And he actually tweeted a photo of him wearing like ASU gear and a hat going to ASU games and calling ASU kind of like his dream school. So ASU took advantage of that family relationship and then also parlayed uh, a family relationship with Caleb Christopher getting Josh Christopher on campus all the time in the last year. I mean, I, Rob, we saw him at probably like a third of ASU's home games during the season. He was always in the, in the locker room after games, in the hallway, talking to players, talking to coaches, spending time with them uh, off campus. I mean, that's, there's no price that you can put on that. The value of that is is so great, right? Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, what you have in, in Bobby Hurley is a coach who's extremely uh, user-friendly for players. He's not critical, overly so, of you know shot selection. They play a up-tempo brand of basketball. Guards are, are the running and gunning and balls flying. And, and so... It's it's all of that stuff is kind of like enticing when you kind of put it all together. Right. And really, that's what it takes, Rob, to in order to get guys like this. It takes like having all of these various things all kind of line up for you. And Hurley and Bruno had the foresight to be able to see all of this multiple years down the pike because it takes that long in order for this kind of a thing to actually Develop. So we're right. talking two, three years ago, they were very aggressively pursuing the fruition of this, which uh, he hasn't signed yet, but which, you know, sort of culminated with his commitment tonight. Right. And, and Chris, just a couple weeks ago, people were freaking out when Remy Martin and Romello White declared for the NBA draft. 
Um, and it looked like ASU was going to be losing a lot of its firepower that made it look like it was going to be um, a, a, a Pac-12 contender next year. Uh, how, how does this roster now shape up with what's transpiring with Bagley and with Christopher tonight? Yeah, so we wrote a lot about this in, in the, the piece on uh, what Christopher's pledge means for ASU basketball. There's four scenarios, right? Mm -hmm. First scenario, uh, Martin and White both return. That's, you know, probably the best scenario for ASU. Uh, you get uh, Romello White, basically a double-double guy or very close to it, second leading rebounder in the conference this past year. Uh, his value is enormous to ASU basketball uh, because other than him, there's only Jalen Graham coming back as a true post player, and they don't have any other post player in the class. So they would have to hit somebody else on the on the grad transfer market. They'd have to maybe bring in a European player, maybe both of them. It's really hard in April to find guys and and acquire them who have the chance to come in and, and make an immediate impact. Uh, and Remy Martin, as I said earlier, there's challenges associated with that. He'd be the leading returning scorer in the conference. Uh, I think that he was as close to being a favorite uh, for Pac-12 Player of the Year as anyone other than Peyton Pritchard going into the last week of February. Uh, so, so he would be an odds-on favorite. And yet you're going to have some challenges with just kind of sharing the ball and making sure everybody, there's a lot of harmony with what's going on with your roster if all three of those guys come back. There's been a lot of talk about whether all three of them would start or not. I kind of think that they would. I think keeping Alonzo Verge on the bench when he's a top 10 returning scorer in the Pac-12 is extremely unlikely. He was playing his best ball of the season by far in February, March. Bobby Hurley even hinted kind of that he's not going to be coming off the bench for that much longer. And you look back at the guard U season, uh, you know, a couple years ago, three years, three seasons ago, and all 32 games, it was Trey Holder, Shannon Evans, and Cody Justice. Mm -hmm. This is a little bit different because of how ball-dominant all three of these players are. At the same time, I think there's no way that you're going to keep them off. Uh, and then ASU would probably go with either Tayshawn Cherry or Marcus Bagley at the four, Romello White at the five. I mean, this is a loaded team. They would, right. be, they would be a contender for the Pac-12 title. It'd be ASU or UCLA, uh, I think, as the top two teams pretty clearly. And they would be a preseason top 25 team, I'm, I'm, I'm reasonably sure. I don't even know if that's happened uh, in, in recent AC history. Maybe, maybe it has once, something like that. Mm -hmm. The second scenario is, it, let's say that Remy Martin and uh, Romello White both decide that they're going to stay in the NBA draft. Uh, I kind of think that's, that's, that's the most unlikely of the four scenarios. Um, we know that uh, Romello White's not going to be a first-round pick and very likely not a second-round pick. Uh, but he had a, a forced academic redshirt because he was a partial qualifier his first year. So he's he's already on the verge of having his degree. He may make a calculated decision. Oh, you know, I'm gonna they're gonna be super guard heavy. I'm not really gonna improve my stock that much. I might as well go out there and make some money this year. Or he could say, gosh, I come back and we have a chance to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament. That'd be amazing. Uh, so, so we'll have to see about that. Uh, and then, um, you know, Remy Martin, he could, you know, I, I think, I think he's probably not going to be a first round pick, maybe a second round pick. Uh, again, you have, you have the consideration of how much more stock is going to be improved weighing, um, going and making six figures somewhere. Cause I'm sure that he would versus returning and maybe not improving his draft stock enough to become a first round pick, or maybe looking at it like, geez, you know, 
we're going to be so loaded that I might have a chance to actually push myself into first mm -hmm. round consideration with a really strong year. Then the other two scenarios, of course, would be one of them uh, returning, one of them leaving. Uh, even though Remy Martin was a uh, probably ASU's MVP and the second leading scorer in the conference, I, I tend to think that with Christopher's commitment to ASU, that Romello White's probably a more important person to return, just given uh, right. a desire to sort of have great roster harmony and making sure that you give yourself multiple options in the post that are that are that are, that are high caliber. Jalen Graham being the number two guy to Romello White in the post, having Christopher and Alonzo Verge as your starting guards, backed up by uh, Jalen House, having on the wing uh, Marcus Bagley, Tayshawn Cherry, Kamani Lawrence. Well, all of a sudden, you got that's eight guys that give you a really great, strong uh, uh, top eight. So I think that even with Remy Martin departing in such a scenario, ASU is still uh, looking like an NCAA tournament team, a 20-plus win team for four years in a row. So um, don't know what's going to happen. I, I've, you know, I, there's uh, a lot of sort of reading of the tea leaves out there and, and mm -hmm. people that think that Remy Martin is more likely to return than people uh, thought from his social media posts. Uh, Bobby Hurley told us in a, in a Zoom call with reporters recently that his advice is going to be to come back if it looks like they're not going to be first rounders or certainly if they're not going to be, it looks like they might not be drafted. Right. Uh, uh, you know, uh, how much sway that's going to have over them? Uh, it's hard to say. I think that's, Something that's just we're going to learn more about really in the coming weeks. And Chris, I know you talked a little bit about this when you were talking about the coaches, but for Bobby Hurley, uh, with what this does overall to, to his profile at, at ASU, to what he's been able to accomplish, do you think that this puts him in a different category uh, specifically than he was just a couple months ago in the eyes of ASU fans? Well, I think he's already. Uh, someone who's been extremely well received by ASU fans. We saw we saw the attendance records. I think mm -hmm. the last three seasons probably ASU's best ever attendance over a three-year period. P the people like the style of basketball. It's kind of, it's it's exciting. It's more of a, a faster tempo. You know, uh, you know they're got their their fingers on the on on the throttle. You know, sport bike kind of acceleration. Uh, guards are playing fast and loose. You know, there, there's some challenges with that, of course. Some some frustration that probably happens when shot selection's poor, ball movement maybe isn't good in a loss. But but by and large, I mean it's something that uh, that people are excited watching. And more than that, I think ASU fans realize that historically speaking, we're seeing some things that haven't been done in, in, in just the, the 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 caliber of the recruiting. The winning 20-plus games in a row, three seasons in a row, that's something that's only been done once before. Uh, Sendek did that earlier kind of on in his tenure. And then you get Christopher and Bagley, and you have the ability to take that to a different place or at a very bare minimum sort of sustain what you're doing as you kind of transition to subsequent classes. And uh, and I think this, this is going to make Hurley an even hotter commodity on the open market in coaching. Uh, after this next season, the ability to recruit at that level and be that you know successful probably for four years in a row. So that means it's going to be a challenge. Everybody always, all these fans go, well, are we going to be able to keep Bobby Hurley? And my, 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 my answer is very consistently the case. If ASU loses Bobby Hurley to a top 15, 
caliber program, it means that he did his job, which is to elevate ASU basketball mm -hmm. so that it's a much more appealing job for the next person coming. And that's the whole goal. You can't control what's going to happen. Of course, Ray Anderson is going to do whatever he can financially, probably to try to, you know, keep Bobby Hurley in the fold. And Hurley has said repeatedly that he's thrilled, you know, being at ASU. And this also, you have to kind of feel uh, it, it lends credibility to the idea that he can continue to recruit at a very high level at ASU. Okay. And, and Chris, do you have any final thoughts um, just on what happened tonight and, and what's happening for this program at the moment? Well, hopefully uh, all of our listeners check out the site. We have four articles up within minutes of Christopher's decision breaking down. There's uh, Josh Gershon has really great analysis. He's watched him play dozens of times. I think Gershon's the best evaluator of talent in the West at the high school level, the college level. And uh, we have the historical context of what this uh, two-man class means. Um, looking back across all of the internet era and 24-7 sports history. And then we have um, you know, a lot of perspective on ASU's team heading into next season. So hopefully, you know, we can't cover all of it in a podcast, but hopefully right. people will go and take time to really kind of, you know, uh, you know, absorb everything that we put out there and then also continue to, to follow the site. We had, you know, many, many thousands of views on the message board, hundreds and hundreds of posts today alone as people were waiting for this new to develop. We have the biggest fan community in any VIP or premium space online. And, and people are very fired up about ASU basketball, understandably so. And it's something that we cover uh, extremely closely as I think our, our readership and, and uh, all of our members know. So looking forward to, to hopefully more people jumping in there. And we'll have much more on this, as Chris said. Thank you guys all for tuning in. For publisher Chris Cartman, I'm your host, Rob Warner, saying thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you soon. Akuna Matata.